Hey, this is Pastor Spencer with Racine Bible Church. You're listening to a sermon from a Sunday morning. Great singing, everyone. I really enjoyed singing with you. God is great and greatly to be praised, and we love singing for his glory and his honor. As we prepare to open God's word, let's ask for his help in prayer. Great God in heaven, would you make the book live to me? Show me my sin in the book. Show me myself in the book. And more than anything, show me my Savior, even the Lord Jesus Christ, and make the book live to me. Amen. The message this morning is about how to get started and keep going in the Word and in prayer. I could hold this up and say, what is this? And everybody would say, a Bible or a book. God says that this is a light. Thy word is a light to my path. This one is black, which is sort of the opposite of light. But God's word says it's a light. The Holy Spirit of God also says that this is a sword, a weapon. A sword is made out of metal, just like a gun. This one is made out of paper, and the cover's made out of leather. But you know what it also says? Listen to this. It says in, I think it's in James, that this is a mirror. It says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. He looks at himself and he goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being not a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. God's Holy Spirit there says that this is a mirror. And when we look in the mirror, we look to see if the outside of us looks okay or if we look goofy because our hair is sticking up or there's toothpaste on our cheek. This mirror shows you what's way more important than the outside. This is the only mirror that shows you the inside. If there's something ugly or disfigured or wrong or embarrassing about the inside, and it shows you how to change that. You know, the Holy Spirit also says, just one book later in First uh, Peter, he says this, You have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. The Holy Spirit says there that this is a seed, that actually it's a super living seed. And it doesn't just mean that up would grow, you know, bananas or coconuts or apples or cucumbers. What it means is that, this is kind of bad news, what grows in your life is sometimes very ugly. You're mean to people. You disobey. 
And what this seed does is when it gets in you, it causes those bad, evil weeds to quit growing. And in their place grows things like kindness, love, faithfulness, goodness, and all the rest. This is wonderful, isn't it? One more thing the Holy Spirit says. Well, he says a lot of things about what this is, but listen to this one. It's from Jeremiah. Is not my word like a fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces? Jeremiah 23, 29 says that this is a fire and that this is a hammer that breaks a rock into pieces. What that means is if you close the Bible and you don't pray and you shut yourself off from God, you become like a rock. You become hard. And God loves you so much that he sends the word or he even sends a a preacher or a, a crosswalk leader like they said in the video to speak the word of God to you. And this word has the power to break through pride and to open you up, which is what you need. The message this morning is about getting started and keeping going in the word of God and in prayer. And our principal text will be Psalm 1 and Psalm 119. So turn with me to Psalm 1. It says... Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so. They're like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Church, let me take a moment and speak a gospel word. The message this morning is about how to grow as a Christian, how to get started and keep going in the word and in prayer. But the gospel word that everyone needs to hear is, uh, you don't become a Christian by reading the Bible and praying and trying to do a lot of things. Psalm 1 is about how to get started and keep going in the Word of God. But in the, in the biggest picture, Psalm 1 is actually about Jesus. Because you know, the Bible tells us that there was only, this is amazing, there was only ever one blessed human being. Adam and Eve were super blessed human beings, but it didn't last because they sinned. There was only one blessed man who walked in the law of the Lord and obeyed it all the way through. And that one is Jesus. He's our Savior. So Psalm 1 tells us how we ought to get into the Word and pray, but those are things that we do after Jesus Christ has saved us and we're trusting His work, not ours. how to get started and keep going in the word and in prayer, how to do it. Let's start with some, uh, some practical helps that come, believe it or not, out of my life because my life is the only life that I have lived. So I will talk to you about it. 
Uh, I've been in the Word. I've been in the Word of God and in prayer uh, every, not every single morning, but almost every morning uh, for, let's say, 39 years, maybe 40 of my life now. And I'm not tired of it, and I'm not going to quit. This is a family service, so I'll talk to you a little bit about the, um, maybe tied for the greatest gift in my life is the wife God gave me, but also the mom and dad God gave me. Because I learned how to read the Bible and pray from my mom and dad. Uh, I was in um, maybe fourth or fifth grade, like nine or ten years old. And mom took us to the store, and there were, there were these, uh, like, I could still see them. Bright primary colors, red, blue, green, yellow, these spiral notebooks. And she said, you could pick whatever color you want because this, you're going to use this for Bible time. And I picked red because that's a power color. And we got those spiral notebooks. And then in the evening, we started in the book of Proverbs. And in the evening, we would get our notebooks and we had special pens that we only used in those notebooks. And my dad would, he would read, uh, I don't know, maybe four or five verses out of the book of Proverbs. And we would talk about them. And uh, he would, if, if something good came up in our conversation, he would say, you could write that down as something to remember in our little Proverbs notebook. And then I remember maybe two Maybe two years later, my first year in the youth ministry, in the middle school ministry, my middle school pastor, uh, his name was Chris, uh, as God would have it, he's still a friend, and uh, he, I was in his little discipleship group, and he taught us how to make observations and ask questions of the Bible, and he gave us permission to write in our Bibles, which freaked out a couple of the rule followers, but we did it anyway. And, uh, but he said, write in it with a pencil. We, didn't, we weren't sure why he said that. And he said, if there's something that you think is um, really important that you need to get going in your life, write an exclamation point next to it. And then he said, if there's something in, that you read in there that you don't understand, write a question mark next to it. And we all read the same thing. It was Gospel of Mark or something like that. And then uh, we, we would get together with Chris and we would, we would tell him what we put exclamation points next to. And then if he was like, if he agreed, yes, that's what that verse means and that's what you should do. Then we would take an ink pen and cover over the pencil and make it an absolute exclamation point. And the question marks, this was a supreme ritual. We would ask him our questions, and then he would rightly interpret the Bible in front of us and explain to us how the, the answer to the questions, and then we would flip the pencil around, and we would get to erase the question mark because that was another little passage of Scripture that we figured out. And he was modeling hermeneutics and exegesis for me way before I ever knew what it meant to, to learn how to study the Bible. Then maybe three years later, my first year in high school, in 10th grade, the senior pastor at our church, John MacArthur, he came in and with the, with the boys or the young men in the youth ministry, he did like a half a day seminar for us on how to study the Bible with an overhead projector. <laughs> and uh, and um, 
man, I, I still, I, to this day, I follow some of those things that he taught me as my pastor, you know, and uh, that was the first time that he challenged us to do that repetitive reading thing, to say Gospel of John, read chapters one through seven every day for like 12 or 15 days in a row, and then read John eight through 14 every single day for 10 or 15 days in a row, and then read John 15 to 21 every single day for 15 or 20 days in a row. And he said, when you do that, the second or third or fourth day, it'll seem boring and repetitive. But if you keep it up, the 10th day, it'll just pop into three dimensions and into color. And you'll see like how, how, it, how the story comes together. And he was right. I still do that. I've been doing that with the book of Isaiah to, to get ready to preach. I still get into the word and in prayer um, every morning. My current routine is... Uh, I'm going through Gospel of Mark, and then I have a short commentary. So I read about a, a half a chapter or a chapter of the Gospel of Mark, and then I read this little commentary that helps me understand the first century setting of Mark. And then uh, I read five psalms every morning. And uh, then I've always got maybe a Christian book that I'm reading. Currently, I'm reading the letters uh, of Athanasius. This guy was like one of the first... Uh, one, of the, one of the very first, we would say, the fathers of the church. He wrote like in, what, the 200s or the 300s? And these are the letters that he wrote defending the, the deity of Jesus Christ and the deity of the Holy Spirit. And I'm, I'm watching how he interprets Scripture and how, how he treats the Old Testament and the New Testament. I'm learning a lot. I love, I love it. And I wouldn't give it up. Psalm 1 says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked or stands in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. Maybe uh, turn from Psalm 1 over to Psalm 119. It's the longest of the Psalms. And I'll talk to you about how to get started in the word. Look at, uh, let's read that second uh, that second section of Psalm 119, it's an alphabetical psalm. And so it starts with Aleph, which is A in Hebrew, and then it goes to Baith, which is uh, B in Hebrew. And we'll pick up that B section in verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. you see how verse 15 begins with I will? And then you see how verse 16, which is a couplet, a, a, a two-line poem, it begins with I will and I will twice in verse 16. I will, I will, I will. How do you get started and keep going in the word of God? You need to say to yourself, I will. You need to make a commitment. And you need to discipline yourself. You need to discipline yourself to do it and get into a habit that you're not going to break. What is self-discipline? Self-discipline is the... Self-discipline is making the choice 
between doing what you need to do to become who you want to be or just doing what feels good for the next 10 minutes. Discipline is making the choice between doing what you know you need to do to become the person you want to be or just doing what feels easy for the rest of the afternoon or the rest of the morning. That's the issue of discipline. You have to say, I will. I have to do this day by day by day. Psalm 1 says day and night. It starts, the battle starts in the morning. So the issue of self-discipline is to make sure that you get up early enough to get into the word and prayer before you got to go do whatever else it is that you've got to do. And, you, and people say, it. well, I set my alarm, but I'm so, t- I'm so half awake in the morning that I just hit snooze. Okay, set your alarm and put it 12 feet away from your bed. So you have to get out of bed to turn it off. And then uh, the, the discipline means that, you know, you, maybe you get a drink of water, maybe splash your face, maybe you get a cup of coffee, whatever it is, maybe chocolate milk if you're 8 or 10 years old or you're me. And then uh, once you have that, then uh, you got to get into the Word and in prayer first thing, which means prepare for pain, congregation, which means you don't touch your phone. Don't touch it. Say, well, I have to because my alarm is my phone. Fact check. I did this this week. You can buy something actually called an alarm clock (laughs) at Walgreens for under $10. If you don't have $10, speak to our deacons. They will give you $10 under the table. (laughs) Like, just... You, you know, you know I, I don't need to, you've heard me give this rant before if we've talked about the problem with life. Jumping onto your phone first thing in the morning is just, it's just circling down the toilet bowl. Even if it's nice and your aunt got a new Pomeranian or whatever, it's just, you're just going the wrong direction. No phone until I pray and I get into the word. Uh, some of my older friends, they're not as addicted to the phone as my younger friends, but perhaps for you, it's actually like the newspaper or your favorite morning, you know, program or whatever. Got to get into the Word and in prayer before you turn to those things. If you still have trouble getting started, even if you do that, then, the, then the, like the ultimate self-discipline move is to say, I will, and just do this, I will, not have food until I have food. I will not have my breakfast until I have the bread of life, the word of God, the food I really need, the living water, the the water in Psalm 1 that's going to make my roots grow. And so if you sleep in in the morning, then you're hungry all day and you got to get into this before you can have lunch, whatever it is. But it's worth it because of the blessing. He says in verse 15 and 16 of Psalm 119, I'll meditate on your precepts. I'll fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. It's such a blessing to be into the word of God. You know, I'm just looking at the, uh, the Aleph section in Psalm 119. It starts identically with uh, Psalm 1. Same first word in the Hebrew text. Blessed, blessed, blessed are those whose way 
is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Of course it's worth more than food because there's a blessing in following it. And then he repeats blessing again in verse 2. Same first word as in Psalm 1. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with all their heart. There's such a blessing in following the word and getting into the word. And kind of how to study the Bible. I talked about sort of how I learned that from my own father and then from pastors and mentors in my life. Uh, As you read the Bible, just don't be afraid to read it slowly and to observe what it's saying. Don't be afraid to go back and look over the verses again and again and again. Uh, Look for images and illustrations. Remember Psalm 1? like a tree or like chaff. The Bible, is so, the Bible is so colorful with illustrations. Find those illustrations and then think, what is, the, what is the invisible truth that this visible truth is trying to show me? Or what is it about spiritual life that's sort of abstract and I can't see that physical life, trees and chaff, are trying to show me? And learn from those images and illustrations. The Bible is filled with comparison and contrast. Psalm 119 is filled with comparison and contrast. So find the comparisons and the contrast and then chase down. Why does the one end up one way and the other end up the other way? The Bible is filled with warnings about sin. If there is a warning about sin, put an exclamation point by that and tell yourself, I need that warning because that's a danger in my life. Maybe the opposite of a warning is a blessing. If there's an example of blessing, put an exclamation point by that and then start to figure out how can I pursue that blessing? Consider what is, place yourself in the text and say, what does this say about my life today? What does this say about my future? If I really hold on to this, how will my future be different and how will my present choices be different? Just consider it and meditate on is what we're talking about. One thing that helps in Bible study is to get a good study Bible. Here at RBC, we we recommend two of them. We like the ESV study Bible. That stands for English Standard Version. It's just called the ESV study Bible. It's published by Crossway. And then we also recommend the MacArthur study Bible, which which is in uh, um, several different translations. You can pick whichever one you like. But a good study Bible will help you. The other thing that helps in Bible study is to share what you're learning with a friend. You know, uh, I'm talking about how to get started and keep going in the Word. You know, one of the things about life is it's very, very, very hard to keep going by yourself. That's not a, um, that's not like a flaw in our design. That's a feature. The triune God created us out of relationship and for relationship. He knows that about us. This is why he clusters us into churches. And this is why this church clusters us into ABFs and smaller groups because because you can only keep going if you've got other brothers and sisters and people there to help you. And so share the results of your study with somebody else. I'm, uh, Lord willing, starting next Sunday, I'm preaching on uh, Isaiah chapter 40. And so like, three weeks ago, I printed out Isaiah 40, like I, I kind of shrunk it down in the middle of white paper so there was lots of room on the sides to write observations, and I printed out one for me and one for my Amy, 
And I was like, let's take a couple of days and let's each of us write out observations about Isaiah 40 and then let's have dinner and bring those and just talk about them. And we did. It was, it was wonderful. And, it, and it, she went deeper into her observations as she was sharing them with me. And it's same likewise from me to her. You got to get started by self-discipline. But it really is wonderful to be able to keep going by help from others alongside of you. How to get started and keep going in the word and how to get started and keep going in prayer. And even if in the sermon now, if we switch a little bit from the word to prayer, I'll show you it's not really, uh, it's not really a switch because both, both <laughs> relate to, to both. Psalm 119 is a psalm about the word of God, but Psalm 119 is a prayer. Psalm 119 is a prayer. You see how he's praying in, in uh, Psalm 119 verse 4. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. He's talking to God. Verse 5. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Verse 7. I will praise you with an upright heart. Verse 8. I will keep your statutes. Do not forsake me utterly. He's He's reading the word of God and he's talking about the word of God and he's applying the word of God, but he's doing it in prayer. So how to get started in the word of God and how to get started in prayer is very, very similar. When we read scripture, God's talking to us. When we pray, we are talking to God. And when we read scripture and scripture shows us how to talk to God, then it's like there's this divine blessing of, of God originating the thoughts, implanting the thoughts in us. Psalm 1, the tree rooted by the water. And then the fruit that grows in our prayer is actually because we've been saturated by the word. And so God's spirit is all over the whole thing. And there's tremendous blessing in it. We're not alone, but the very triune God is abiding within us. We read scripture and then we respond to scripture in prayer. And among other things, Psalm 119 teaches us that the fusion of God speaking to us in scripture and us speaking to God in prayer is what forms us into the people that God's calling us to be. That's what does it. That's what does it is the word and prayer. And so for me, so often in the morning when I read the Psalms, and I try to read five Psalms in the morning, and so often in the morning when I read that Psalm, it just, it just immediately turns into this little circle where I think exactly what that Psalm says. That's what my heart needs. And then the circle widens a little bit, and I think about Amy and what she's going through and how I might serve her and help her and love her. Then the circle gets a little bigger, and I think about my family and my kids and my grandkids and my siblings, uh, some of whom don't even know the Lord Jesus yet. And then I, the circle gets even bigger, and I start to think about you, my, my forever family, my church family, and how this psalm would help those in my church family who need it. Prayer and the Word are meant to go together. Meditation meditation that word from psalm 119 from psalm 1 verses 2 and 3 he says blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked or stands in the path of sinners or sits in the seat of scoffers but his delight is in the law of the lord and on his law he meditates day and night and then we have this concept of meditation throughout psalm 119 verse 10 of psalm 119 with my whole heart you meditate with the whole heart 
With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Verse 11, I've stored up your word in my heart. That's meditating. I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You see the word meditate in verse 15. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. You see the word meditate again there in, uh, in, the, in the verse 23. Even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statutes. Your testimonies are my delight. They're my counselors. Word meditate again in verse 27. I'll meditate on your wondrous works. Reading the Bible and praying are meant to go together, and what keeps them together is meditation. It's just like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You ever, I don't know, in, el in elementary school when everybody brought their lunch in a lunchbox and you all sat at a table, you ever have one of these severely disturbing kids in your class who's got a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and then at lunch they open it and then with like a plastic knife they try to get all the jelly off of the peanut butter part so that it's only on the jelly part and all the peanut butter off the, like, this is not the way that peanut butter and jelly is meant to be eaten. And my thesis in this little homily this morning is prayer and the word are not meant to be done like that. As we're in the word, we're praying. And as we're praying, our prayers are guided and governed and even fenced in by the very word of God. The word of God and prayer to God. God speaking to us and us speaking to God. And prayer really works when prayer is, is this living outflow of meditating on Scripture. This is how prayer becomes fruitful in our lives. This is how you want to wonder what prayer is God going to answer. Well, I don't know because he's God and he has the right to do what he wants. But I got an inkling of a guess that if my prayer is directly from what he has said, maybe it has a shot of prevailing with him. Maybe. So we lift up his word to him in prayer. And what happens is our relationship with God is deepened and strengthened. Meditation is about more than just reading for information. Meditation is soaking for saturation. And meditation is, is taking it in for the purpose of relational transformation so that in prayer, my, word gives, my, my heart gives God's word back to him because my heart has been meditating on his word and God's spirit assures me of the application of the word in my life and even in my ministry. I, f I face hard decisions as a pastor and as a counselor where I don't know exactly what to do. Then my only hope in those situations is prayer and the word of God and then counsel from godly men around me to help and we pray about it together and we search the scripture together. That's the way. That's the way. That's the promise of Psalm 119. He says in Psalm 119 verses uh, 26 and 27, when I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts and I'll meditate on your wondrous works. This is the wonderful good news of uh, meditating on the word and really depending on it. 
That's what I've done all these years. And it, uh, it, has, uh, it has served me well. It's formed the, the, the Christian life that I live is formed this way. Maybe, maybe 30 years ago, I printed a famous quote from George Mueller who founded a bunch of orphanages, really a man of prayer in, uh, in um, Bristol, England. We read our kids, uh, that little kid's version of his biography, and that was impactful. It's, a, it's worth looking into. But anyway, I printed a, a, a f- this famous quote that he said probably 30 years ago, and I taped it to my desk. And he says, George Mueller says, I saw, I saw that the most important thing I had to do was to give myself to the reading of the word of God and prayerful meditation on it so that my heart might be happy in God. That's it. Prayerful meditation on the word of God so that my heart might be happy in God. He goes on to say, the first thing I did after asking a few words of the Lord's blessing every morning was to meditate on the word, searching as it were into every verse to get a blessing out of it for the sake of obtaining food for my soul. And the result that I found invariably was this. After a few moments of meditation, my soul in prayer was led to confession or thanksgiving or supplication. That's the pattern of the word and prayer every day throughout the day. And that's what we've got to do. How to get started and how to keep going in the word and in prayer. Just keep going. Pray. You know, somebody years ago told me, pray until you pray. This is about like like the keeping going. What if I don't feel like it? What if it doesn't seem to be working? Well, sometimes you you just got to fight through. And don't become a slave to your feelings. This is, maybe this is, Uh, paradigm shifting for you you are not and never will be the best judge of how your spiritual life is going so don't let your feelings about your feelings about your Christian life sway you one way or the other you'll never be the best judge of your own spiritual life what you have to do is hear what God has said and then do what God has said and then trust God that if you're following his process what you sow You'll reap. Just put it in his hands. But don't be, don't be enslaved to your feelings. And, you know, we've talked about feelings before. Sometimes we give up because it doesn't feel like it's working. And the, the I don't know, I shouldn't say the answer, an answer to dealing with your feelings is to admit maybe you can't change your feelings. Maybe, maybe you're going to feel bad for a while. And maybe you're going to f- not feel like praying for a while. Sometimes I don't feel like praying. Maybe you can't change your feelings, but what you can do is you can refuse to follow your feelings. Even if you can't change your feelings, you can change the way you respond to your feelings. Here is the famous word, I will. I will. People who tell themselves I will are people who speak to their feelings rather than just suck down all the pretty little lies that their feelings tell them. So we're sort of back to discipline. We're back to trusting God and trusting his process. But don't get stuck. Just give yourself to God. If you don't know what to pray, Psalm 119 is is the best place to go. I don't know how many times I've prayed through Psalm 119. I've I've maybe never done it in one sitting because it would take like five hours, but 
just through the years, I, I just dip into it over and over and over again. Perhaps we'll give the last word to Charles Spurgeon, who said, this book, this book has wrestled me and smitten me. This book has comforted me and healed me. This book has smiled upon me, and this book has scowled at me. This book weeps with me, and this book sings songs of joy with me. It maps my way. It orders my steps. It has been a young man's closest companion, and now that I have grown old, the book is my chaplain all evening long. The word and prayer, the word and prayer, saturated by dependence upon Jesus Christ and meditating on his goodness to give you his word. We pray that this sermon will be a blessing to you. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, as your word has been spoken, we ask for your blessing upon it. I know that as I sow the seed of gospel truth and even the seed of wisdom about Christian living, I cannot make it grow. There's rocky soil. There are uh, mean, even demonic birds that take the seed away. And so we beg you, living God, that the seed of your word would take root in the precious men and women and boys and girls of Racine Bible Church, that we might grow in your goodness and in your grace. For Jesus' sake, amen. To find out more about our ministry, contact us at racinebible.org. Thank you for listening.